Welcome back, everyone, to No Story Left Behind, as we are still knee-deep in the COVID-19 quarantine, lockdown, whatever you want to call it. Tonight, we are still doing episodes over Zoom, and joining me with is super producer Casey. Yo. Oh, Steve. Hey. And joining us tonight is Joseph Scranton, who served with Steve, if I got that right, yeah. uh, in the United States Army. So thank you, Joe, for taking the time out of your schedule to sit down with us. Uh, just want to introduce yourself a little bit to the folks listening. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm Joe. Uh, like you said, I served with Steve in the military. Um, I'm from Illinois, uh, Central Region. I'm from Peoria originally. I live in Macomb now. Uh, I graduated in May with a degree in social work and, uh, you know, just kind of hanging out doing this podcast thing. So you said you grew up in Peoria. Illinois, yeah. what, was life, what was life like growing up down in the worst state in the Union? <laughs> what was uh, the uh, Democratic <laughs> Republic of Illinois? Uh, <laughs> uh, no, man, I, I grew up, you know, a pretty typical suburban lifestyle, uh, things like that. Um, it wasn't bad. Went to pretty good public schools. Um, you know, never had an issue. Uh, like I said, I just grew up typically like, uh, you know, a lot of people do. Sure. Except, except for hitting someone with a lock. <laughs> One time in gym class. <laughs> I got a long name. Hey, hey Weiss, my dad is listening and he doesn't know that story. But <laughs> <laughs> Fun after stories. So. Yeah. Uh, did you play sports at all in high school? Or? Uh, not in high school. Uh, as Weiss knows, I'm a little bit of a science fiction fantasy nerd. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. And so uh, I think the last sport I played is I tried out for basketball in seventh grade and I got cut. And after that, I was in like scholastic bowl. I was really big into Boy Scouts when I was a kid. I was an Eagle Scout, um, but I didn't really play sports or anything like that, man. Sure. So what made you think, when did you, or what made you and why, when did you start to think about that you wanted to go down the military route? Well, so honestly, I wanted to join the military since I was a kid. Uh, for a long time, me and my dad were playing like flight simulators on computers, and I wanted to be in the Air Force and uh, <laughs> uh, be a pilot and stuff uh, like my whole life. Um, unfortunately, in high school, um, you know, I think my freshman year, I had like a 3.8 GPA, you know, kind of started hanging out with the wrong crowd. Um, I went to college for a whole semester and then uh, dropped out and... Uh, didn't have a lot of options left, so I joined the military, which which was always kind of a dream of mine. Sure. Now, what, did you go and talk to a recruiter first, or did you? How did that go about? Um. Yeah, I kind of just straight walked into the recruiter's office and was like, "Hey, I want to join the army." Um. Originally, we still laugh at this. I wanted to be a combat engineer, but uh, that job wasn't open at the time, so uh, I became an infantryman. <laughs> you want to know a funny story? Uh, when I, I did reserves for a couple of years after I after I got out, and I was with combat engineers, and uh, they thought they thought they were pretty hot shit until we went to the field. It was a good time. Yeah, <laughs> they, they all they all thought I was a psycho. So you, you, did, you did good uh, taking infantry. <laughs> yeah. Why, why did you go army? The other branches. Um. Honestly, I kind of wanted to get out of Peoria at the time, and. Uh, my dad and my grandpa were both in the Air Force, and they both wanted me to join the Air Force. Um, but they had like a nine-month waiting list to even go to basic, and the Army's like, oh, we can get you out of here in three, four months, but I was like, well, <laughs> looks like that's where we're going. 
And so you took, so you went, you said you mentioned you went to college for that one whole semester and then you, yeah, military. Um, did you, how did your family react to that? And what did they think? And what was, uh, my mom was not a happy camper. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she was not a fan of uh, me trying to join the military at any, <laughs> at any point in time. Um, but you know, it, it happened and, uh, yeah. Uh, my dad was okay with it. He wanted me to join the Air Force, but uh, that didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> so were you nervous then when you got to leave for boot camp? And where did they send you? Uh, so I went to uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, where all infantrymen go. Uh, the only time I was nervous was, A, during the shark attack, which is after you get done in process and you get off the bus, there's people yelling at you. <laughs> it's not the good, the best time. And I made it all the way up the hill, and you got to keep your duffel bag over your head. And uh, one of the drill sergeants grabbed my duffel bag and threw it back down the hill. Went, go get that fucking bag. And then I had to go all the way back down the hill, pick up my bag, and go back up. <laughs> uh, that, I think that was the only point I was like, man, maybe I should quit. But I made it through that first, uh, you know, two hours, and then I was good. What was the rest of boot camp like? I mean, did you have any instructors that still kind of stick with you today? It's basic training, dude. Boot camp is fucking Marines. Yeah. Um, that shit. I don't talk to any of my instructors or anything like that. Um, we had a drill instructor, uh, drill sergeant that was a calf scout that couldn't keep up on the run, so we made fun of him. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> you know, like when you do your uh, your ceremony after you get done with the uh, final FTX and the bayonet march, he was wearing his little uh, cavalry hat. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I had, a, I had a friend in reserves who uh, was was a calf scout. Whenever he'd get drunk, he'd be walking around in his boxers with that fucking hat on. And the like, spurs take, and the boots. And uh, his spurs. I was like, I'm going to take my blue cord and fucking choke you with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I would do. Well, we have a, a listener in the chat. Go, um, I Hanson 86 says, Joey, you didn't change your shirt after that family Zoom? I did not. And that's my sister. <laughs> So after, after after training, where did you end up going, and did you have to wait very long before you went on a deployment? Uh, no, Weiss and I both kind of fell into Fort Bliss and its lovely deployment cycle. Uh, <laughs> I went to Bliss in probably February, March of 2011, I think. Yeah, it would have been 2011. Um, and then we did some training, and then by late August, early September, I was in Afghanistan. Um you got more heads up than me. Remember, I, I showed up and they're like, hey, welcome 141. And I met <laughs> like, you. I met, we, we had to come down this big OP, this giant mountain. He didn't have nods, no side in his weapon. And we no, were, no, no. You, you're, you, you got a half right. I had an 80 pound pack on that fucking IOTV. I didn't have a sling for the saw. And I had nods, but I didn't have a fucking uh, uh, the, the arm. So yeah. I'm holding it like this and the saw on the other hand. And all you fuckers only had your assault packs. And, yeah, uh, yeah. The captain's like, why are you sucking so bad? And I'm like, I'm like, man, do you fucking see me right now? But we lived on top of this mountain for three weeks and we came down and met uh Weiss at the bottom of the mountain. And had to walk like six miles to uh well that was Roadhouse, wasn't it? I actually met you at a at a uh, barracks party before that, before you left, but you were super oh, yeah. hammered, so I'm I'm yeah. not surprised you don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the night you I think that was the night you kissed uh, kissed Palazzo, actually. Oh yeah. 
He got they 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 uh, promised him a carton of was a pack or a carton of smokes. No, it was a carton of smokes to kiss kiss reach at NTC. I don't know what it was to kiss paws. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? It's, it gets a little gay when you're in the barracks. <laughs> got to do what you got to do for smokes, right? Yeah, man. So what were so how you? No, Joe, you said that you met Steve in Afghanistan. Steve, you said you guys met back at Fort Bliss. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got there, dude. They were literally like getting ready to get on the plane when I showed up. Like when I got there, they were like, "Hey, welcome to One Four One, fucker. You're going to Afghanistan in three weeks." And I'm like sitting there in the van, like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I I didn't meet. I met maybe half the platoon, and I saw them like once, and they were out. So Scran was there. Scran was there probably two, maybe three weeks before I was. Yeah, I was there a couple months before you. No, dog. No, I, I was in Afghanistan after I showed up. I showed up and I was I was in Afghanistan a month after I got to Bliss. Uh, no, I was there way before that. I was at Bliss like two or three months before we went. Because yeah. I went to NTC. Uh, how, what's what's NTC? <laughs> NTC is Hell. the National Training Center. Basically, you go play giant army laser tag in the desert for a month. <laughs> like, that's the best description. Uh, they have people who pretend to be terrorists or uh, opposing forces, uh, things like that. Uh, <laughs> and you play laser tag. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard I've heard a, a couple other podcasts, and they talk about that laser tag system. And it's, yeah, it, it's horrible. Like, it, if it worked right, it'd be amazing. But, like, everything else in the military... <laughs> It never works right. <laughs> it's funny as hell when it does work right, and you're doing a, you're like you know hitting this village, and all of a sudden, like when I, when I did it with Carson, all of a sudden one of the privates in the other team, I just hear beep, and I'm like, oh, great, you're dead. And then I I wrote a whole letter uh, to his wife that I was going to send about how he bravely charged the uh, village and gave it to him after he got back from uh, from being dead for a couple of days. It's a it's a blast. <laughs> So how much how are how did you guys get to know each other when you're over there? How much did you guys interact with one another? Uh, we lived in the same room. So <laughs> I think at one point we got get in a along. fight. Um, <laughs> what? I think at one point we got in a fight. Um, I don't know if you can see the scar on my knuckle right now, uh, but that is uh, that is from floor? that that is from that fight. From where you punched the floor? I tried to punch him and he moved and I punched the floor. Yeah, fucked my hand up, man. <laughs> so why the why were you fighting? I don't even know. Uh, he doesn't know. I don't. Really I don't think know. he knows either. I don't. All know. I know is we had to hang out with each other for like a whole day the next day. Okay, we had to hold each other's pockets. <laughs> no, we did not. <laughs> no, we didn't. Do no, that. I. I don't know, dude. I, it was just it was that point in the deployment. Yeah, that was like I, April, bro, and everyone was. I saw that. I saw that in my second deployment too. People just fucking losing their minds after a certain point. And I think I just kind of hit that point. And uh yeah, like I'm gonna punch this dude in the face, and then I missed and hit the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fun times. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Still on my hand. That's but no, we lived in the same room. And and the room had like nine dudes in it, and it was tiny. Like we were oh, it was like twelve. People. It was like 12. There were so many of us in that fucking room. And the bunk beds, like, the unit before us had made the bunk beds, so they weren't made well. 
So if the dude on top like shifted too much, you'd hear like the bed like start to fall and stuff. <laughs> like by the end when we left, like half of the bed bunk beds were held up by like ammo cans and stuff. <laughs> there, there were like holes in the floor you could fall through. And we had to just toss yep. plywood over them. Yep. <laughs> Remember, Sergeant Major Welch wanted us to get by concrete and uh, fill the holes in. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, good old Uncle Mo. Oh God, that's uh, how the hell do you get holes in your floor? To back up a little bit, excuse me. Uh, Joe, I mean, what was it like when you first arrived in Afghanistan? Uh, so I was there, I was on a FOB, which is FOB Shank, which is about, it's a pretty big base. Back it's, in the it's not anymore. Yeah. They uh, tore that shit down, dude. It, now it's a cop. No, it's nothing now. No, because uh, the Illinois National Guard is over there right now. Oh, okay. Well, there's uh, not much left. I've seen the pictures. No, it's like a cop. Like, it's half the size of, like, Kerwar. Yeah. Uh, Fob Shane, back in its heyday, was huge. Like, probably 20,000 soldiers lived there. And so we landed Full, full there. airfield. Yeah, a full airfield. They had Apaches, uh, Blackhawks, everything you needed there. They had a, they had a PX you could go to and buy stuff. So that was kind of like honestly being in garrison, like you get rocketed. Uh, then I went to Fob Altamir, and then I got rudely woken up at 1 a.m. in the morning by uh, my team leader at the time, Spencer. He's like, hey, man, come and, come and get in this truck. We're going to go up and sit in on the OP. So I had like an, an assault pack, a backpack, just full of like one change of uniforms, shirts, socks, not even a sleeping bag. And uh, we walked up on a mountain, and we lived there for three weeks. Uh, can I, I – um, just for our listeners, uh, you guys are throwing out a lot of acronyms yeah. that maybe we're not familiar with. Uh, so FOB is? FOB is a forward operating base. It's, it's Generally, it's a more developed base. It usually has plumbing, hot showers, hot food, things like that. Okay. Uh, and then I think the last one you did was OP? An OP is an observation post. Uh, basically, you go up there uh, and you watch stuff. It's supposed to be for a maximum of 72 hours. But uh, we lived there for like three weeks. <laughs> you said, uh, well, Steve, you mentioned cop. A Down cop is a combat outpost. It's smaller than a fob. Gotcha. Generally, it doesn't have hot food, doesn't have showers. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot smaller. You get to live off those delightful MREs? Uh, not really. You get the uh, Szechuan chicken UGREs. <laughs> To this day, I will not eat anything with the word Szechuan in the title, <laughs> just on principle. For like 46 days long. We at least, at least we, because because 10th Mountain, um, when they when we relieved them, they didn't like this UGR, which is understandable because it's like fucking dog food. And uh, so they ate everything else and they just left us a shit ton of Szechuan chicken. So that's, that's, that's what we got. That's what we got. <laughs> what's for breakfast? Szechuan chicken. What's for lunch? Szechuan chicken. Let me guess what's for dinner. Sounds Szechuan pretty. motherfucking chicken. <laughs> that was all we ate for like a month and a half. And Steve, when you've been on the show uh, as a guest instead of a co-host, we talked about how you, you know, basically walked off the plane and you guys were taking fire. Joe, was that kind of the same experience for you? I didn't really understand. Yeah, what you you, said. you you cut off a little bit, Gordon. Can you just repeat Sorry. what you said? Yeah. No, when Steve, when you've been on the show as a guest, you talked about you know when you first arrived in Afghanistan, you almost immediately were starting to take fire. No. 
No, I think you're thinking of when I came back from R and R uh, and someone was shooting at okay, that somebody was shooting at an Apache like half a click away from me, like coming back from R and R and I'm like, Oh well this is great. <laughs> <laughs> right back at it, I suppose. Right. But did you uh, the first time you went into combat, I mean, what was going through your head? Uh the first time we were at JSS Roadhouse, which is a house we lived in, which was where we ate all the lovely Szechuan chicken. Um <laughs> And we were just out in the field, and uh, we got shot at. Someone told me to shoot back. I just shot back, and that was it. Um, yeah, <laughs> that was it. I just sure. uh, kind of started shooting all of the day. <laughs> of course, you know, and you watch the movies, there's about two minutes of dialogue and then 30 minutes of, of gunfire. Yeah. It's, in reality, it's not like that. I mean, what was your what was the day-to-day like for you, and what was your primary job while you were over there? Um, so it depended where we were. Um, generally we pulled a lot of tower guard. Um, so you sit in a guard tower kind of overlooking where the base is. Um, and it, it just depends how the, the, you know, the Taliban or whatever you want to call them wanted to play it that day. If they wanted to shoot at us, they wanted to shoot at us. We'd shoot back. If not, uh, we just kind of have a peaceful guard shift and, you know, during night, uh, it was cold. So that sucked. Like, that's the coldest I've ever been. I think we hate, like, negative 43 degrees Fahrenheit. One I, yeah, yeah, it was something like that. I, like it it I, got so bad, like, the batteries, like, powering your night vision would freeze <laughs> inside while it was still yes. running because the batteries got too cold to work. And then, fun fact about that, we had these janky little heaters that were, like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, Scran knows where I'm going with this. And the one night he turned he turned it up so high and I set the tower so on fire. that the camo netting on the tower caught on fire and he <laughs> Yeah, he fucking caught the caught the tower on fire. How what? that happened more than once. <laughs> um, <laughs> and everyone did it too. We just over there laughing. He's like, Yeah, I did it too. Because it <laughs> it was close. I didn't get that far, but it was it was fucking yeah. close. It was we hot as shit. Where it was like a drip pan, so diesel would run down and hit this stove to heat the tower in a wooden guard tower. Yeah, clean. That's uh, the definition of clean burning. Yeah. <laughs> Not work. Wait, what, did you guys have much downtime where you were there? Did you have um, kind of fun of. or keep yourself from losing your mind? Um, we just got to be reading and watching Game of Thrones because that's when the first season came out. Yeah, but it was uh, good. <laughs> and then I got, I think uh, someone sent me the first, the like the books that were out, and I read those. Um, other than that, like we still had internet. We watched a lot of Blue Mountain State, if you remember that TV show. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> we watched that all the time. And then, uh, you know, we, we had internet, but it was pretty, it was internet. Um, so, yeah, you know, people would like download TV shows and stuff like that, um, and we'd watch stuff like that. Expensive and, and shitty have... internet. <laughs> you had to pay like sixty nine dollars a month, and there was only like four cords per room because there was no Wi Fi, so you'd have to plug the cord in. You'd have to like yeah. go around and be like, "Yo, bro, I need the internet now." For for like five hundred kilobytes a second. Yeah, and it was sixty nine a month, and you had to pay. <laughs> <laughs> so you're doing a lot of streaming is what you're saying on that high quality I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
did you have a did you have time at least when you're over there to keep in touch with family and friends? I know we've talked about on other episodes, you know, using Skype or well, a uh, yeah of Skype, if you will. Um, so we had phones, and you had to pay for your phone minutes too, kind of. I guess like if you were in prison, um, <laughs> they were pretty cheap out. But you know, uh, I'd use uh, like Facebook Messenger and stuff to to talk to family or you know give them a call. And Steve, like you mentioned, you you came home on R and R. I mean, did you ever get an opportunity to do that, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was, we was coming back from R and R. When I was going on R and R, yeah, uh, someone had their hands in their pockets. <laughs> no, 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 no. You're gonna tell that story. You better yeah. tell it right. So uh, I was going on R and R, and he was coming back, and it was cold. It's like two in the morning. I'm like, dude, there's no way anyone's out here. We were coming back from like the USO or something. I'm like, fuck this. I'm putting my hands in the pockets. Saw Major walks around the corner and goes, come here. And so he makes us do five push-ups. And he's yelling at Weiss. He goes, Weiss, I've been in the Army a quarter century. Do you know how long that is? He goes, 25 years, Saw Major. He's like, shut the fuck up, smart-ass. Do more push-ups. That's <laughs> wrong. Wrong. A long <laughs> fucking right time. Like, a long time. I was like, Whoa. No, that was, uh, yeah, no, he, he busted me. Uncle Mo. I had to fly with Uncle Mo back to back to Kerwar yeah, and someone had stolen got stolen your gloves some, your someone had hair. someone had stolen yeah. my gloves and my and my eye protection you're supposed to wear the ballistically approved glasses but I have my Oakley so I'm like yeah the Oakley's kind of look like it and I hadn't brought my knee pads because I'm going on fucking R&R and Uncle Mo was like knee pads I'm pretty sure that they like they like sponsored him because he was fucking hard for those <laughs> those knee pads and so I'm on a, a Blackhawk with him with no knee pads no gloves and Oakley's and I'm sitting right across from him, and I'm like, I'm just waiting to get yelled at. But I'm like, you know, we're almost there, and he hasn't noticed. And then all of a sudden, he goes like this, and he points at his knees, and I'm like, I'm gesturing at my knees, and he sees my hands, and he goes like this, and I'm like, oh. And then he points at the glasses, and I'm like, oh fuck! And like we get off the Blackhawk, he's chewing me up. <clears throat> I find my team leader, who was Spencer at that time, and told him what happened, and uh, and he goes up to Spencer, and he's like, are you are you Private Weiss's team leader? And he's like. Roger Sarah Major. He's like, how come he uh he didn't have any iPro or knee pads? Like, well, it sounds like they got stolen, Sarah Major. That's not a good fucking excuse. <laughs> the Valley like, Forge speech was epic too. <laughs> the what speech? So Sarah Major came out there and he's like, Y'all are at one point he wanted us to uh because we didn't have electricity and our hair was too long, he wanted us to cut our hair with scissors. <laughs> And he goes, well, you know what happened at Valley Forge, boys? It was just as cold, and they didn't have electricity either. How those soldiers keep their hair in regulation? I'm like, oh, my God. He goes, you remember you know what happened remember at Valley Forge? They all froze to death. And I'm like, I'll make your half the army deserted. Who's going to say that? No, dude, that was, if I remember correctly, that was Spencer when he said that. He's like, you know what happened to them at Valley Forge? And he, yeah, that, that, and no, it was, was like, it was Despot. They froze, Sergeant Major. Yeah. That's right. They fucking froze. Like, I, I'm confused here. Do you want us to freeze? <laughs> That's when he was on his warpath about the fleece uh, jackets, too. Yeah, I got a lot of I got a lot of great Despot stories, um, which I'm I'm not going to tell here. But yeah, my, it's not appropriate one of, for anyone listening. One of my one of my favorites was during that whole event. He was standing right next to me, and uh, 
um, it was when Uncle Mo started screaming at me because he, he said something and I responded to him, but I didn't look at him because, you know, I'm at fucking parade rest. So I'm not supposed to turn my head. And that's when he starts waving his hands and he goes, I'm over here, Weiss. And I, I look at him I'm like, Roger, sorry, Major. He's like, you got, you got problems, Weiss? Negative, sorry, Major. I got fucking problems. And that's at this point, <laughs> Despot turns to me and he's literally like, what, five feet away from us? Despot, oh, turns, maybe to even that. Despot turns to me and just conversationally says, this dude's fucking crazy. <laughs> Yeah, he Uncle Mo was a character. That was my that was my favorite. Yeah. yeah. I, I imagine that went over well with your Sergeant Sergeant Major. Uh somehow he didn't hear that. Yeah. Uh, he, that's one of those one of those he, moments. That... He was a little odd. One day I was on staff duty, which is where you sit outside like the battalion desk, and he walks in and backs up. He goes, You guys want to see my tattoo? I got a hula hula tattooed on my chest. You wanna see it? <laughs> I was like, Oh, Rogers. Yeah. He, he he was a character. <laughs> sure shit. He had hua hua tattooed Tattoo on, on his chest. chest. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Why? I mean, no uh, <laughs> can't tell you. More power to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being out on a fob, I mean, did they give you an opportunity? I know the USO brings entertainers and concerts and stuff like that out there, but did you nope. know? <laughs> the closest no. we got to entertainment was someone like brought a dvd of 300 and we watched it one night <laughs> <laughs> no we watched play two for christmas remember because everyone was arguing about christmas movies and for Die like, Hard's a christmas movie too because wait you know how is blade one, two a christmas cr- movie sorry <laughs> it's me but you said the perfect christmas movie so that's what we watched was blade two and the mighty duck <laughs> and the mighty yeah, snow day well, like the air was red and we couldn't go anywhere and we watched all the Mighty Ducks within like six hours. <laughs> okay, that sounds amazing. What he means by air is watch. When when he says air is red, so they, they don't give a flying fuck about us really. Like there's three feet of snow on the ground, um, it's thirty negative thirty out. Go on fucking patrol. But if air air has certain levels of like um visibility for helicopters and such and it's it's green amber red and black black's like a hurricane or a tornado which which we had but but red is like the threshold where like the helicopters will not fly and that's the only time we get a break because if air is red we we don't have air support and they're like oh well you know they're expendable but they're not that expendable i guess (laughs) you're not wrong (laughs) So what would be a red condition then before they call out? Uh, it's got to be a pretty bad snowstorm, and we had quite a few. Um, it's something, and I'm from Illinois, something you wouldn't want to drive during. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I remember, fuck, oh, God, middle school maybe? Got stuck with my mom driving to from Hudson, Wisconsin to Green Bay in a whiteout blizzard, and we couldn't see more than three feet off the front bumper. Yeah. If it's if it's so bad that you don't you know a midwesterner doesn't want to drive through it it's shit's gone so so, it, so yeah. you're saying it was snowing in hell <laughs> it's <is> Wisconsin <laughs> better than your state <clears throat> that's where we're gonna put all the geese <laughs> <laughs> so and we we kind of been talking uh, via email over the last week or so uh, yeah. So you, after Afghanistan, did you come home right away or did you do your second deployment? You said you went to... So I went to Bliss. Uh, me and Weiss came back, you know, probably a week apart. 
now they do things different. They move a whole company at a time, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but so when we were there, we went, uh, our squad left like a week or two before Weiss's squad and we're supposed to come back. But then we got caught in Kyrgyzstan because uh, someone borrowed our flight. So we were stuck in Manus Air Force Base in Kyrgyzstan for like <laughs> 10 days. And starting the story made all the Pogues guard our weapons. <laughs> He's like, no, none of these boys are pulling guard. Y'all got to pull guard. So, Sergeant Nasteri was uh, the hardest NCO up. that yeah. I met. But he was there. also, if you look up like the definition of a Guido, <laughs> that was him. <laughs> Like if I they ever did a movie about that deployment, he would play be played by Mike the Situation from yeah. Jersey. We, we, we talked about that once. We talked yeah. about that he once. He got mad when we no. told him that. He's like, no, I'm gonna be played so by he was, Mark. I was like <laughs> Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Oh uh, he he was he was hard as shit though. And I think my my favorite my favorite story involving uh the two of you um so when we were on OP Dabari the second time and it gets boring on an observation post. We had like six books to read. And yeah. you're just sitting up there all day. And um, for some reason, Scran is shirtless and uh, singing. I don't what what Lady Gaga song was it? Oh, it was a uh, bad romance, man. Bad that's romance. Classic. And he's, and he's dancing. He's dancing that's to a, it. That's a classic the, song. He's dancing to it on top of the mountain and singing himself shirtless. And all of a sudden he stops and looks up. And we all turn. And Astari's just standing there with his arms crossed, looking down at him. His eyes are like half closed. Like He was laughing, though. He was trying so hard not to laugh, but he's just shaking his head. And we're all like, what the fuck's he going to do? <laughs> <laughs> that dude was weird. Oh, he was a great dude. He's still in the Army, too. I think he's at, eight, at E8 now. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, when I got my five, Duvall called him. I was like, he like freaked me out on the phone. He was like, oh, no, I'm glad for you, brother. Come on, come to ranger school if you want to be a man. I'm like, nope. He's like, he's like a little too much work for me. Hard pass. <laughs> so you, you came back to Fort Bliss. How long did they have you sit there before you, well. Before I went home? The same deployment to Kuwait? No, no, no. Um, so I came back to my first deployment in, what was it, was like August, September of, 2012 it's late late july early august yeah somewhere around there uh and we were there for what maybe 30 days went home for 20 days came back started training again yeah Yeah. right back to it sent you off to kuwait which no no you're you're confusing that i i pcs i pcs to carson pretty quickly and then i went to kuwait like gotcha. yeah. I actually, uh, my unit relieved Weiss's unit in Kuwait. Um, but you, know, you did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, with the first ID that relieved y'all. Oh. At I was at, uh, I was on Advon for that because Kelly was pregnant. Thank so they... I, know. I, I texted you and I was asking if you were going to be there because I was the Advon party going out. Oh, yeah. I vaguely remember that now. Sorry, I was uh, in the middle of trying to make my first child's birth, which uh, I failed spectacularly at because the labor was like two hours long. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, shit, what was your Joe? What was your second deployment to Afghanistan like? Uh, it was a lot less rough, a uh, lot less getting shot at. Um, it was a pretty good. We shared a fob with the Germans, which was pretty dope. Um, we had a good first sergeant that let us do whatever. Um, and Must have been nice. Yeah, it was pretty dope. <laughs> he was like, as long as Sergeant Major isn't on the fob, I don't give a fuck what you wear as long as... Yeah, he was like, I don't care. It was pretty good. Um, 
but we were with the Germans, so we had a German defect. The Germans ran everything. Um, at one point, that deployment would get rocketed like once every couple of weeks. Uh, we hit an IED, and then I had to go with uh, my whole platoon and pull uh, security on the vehicle getting recovered, and then I fell down the mountain and broke my ankle. <laughs> Which... A truck hit an IED. No, way no one was hurt, that. and I was the worst casualty because I fell down the mountain. I am in no way surprised by that. Yeah, I fall a lot. He, yeah, he he, he kind of trips over his own feet. You remember when we went to Manny Bazaar? Yeah, and, twenty-two uh, times. No, oh no, more than that. Dames Ruth was counting. Thirty-four. 22. Thirty-four. You can call him up and ask him, but I remember I'm good with numbers. It was thirty-four. <laughs> How are we gonna call up Dames Ruth and ask him? We were all walking across ice, and I didn't have ice spikes. I was the only dude without ice spikes. You know who else actually fell a lot? That uh, patrol was was Turner because he had that fucking Goldie, and it kept hitting him in the ankles. And I was yeah. walking right behind him, and I'd watch that thing hit his ankles, and he just fucking crumple. Yeah, he had a because he was with us, our, my squad that that mission, and we ran out of the ice spikes. Yeah, I mean, we our, our whole team must have been with you guys because I was right behind him. We set up there when uh, the A and A went into the building and started b- burning the dude's clothes and shit to make a fire. Yes, yes. Then yep. you were there. Yeah. <laughs> the was, was like, "We're cold. We're gonna take all this dude's blankets and clothing <laughs> and try to wood. fucking burn them." The A and A is the Afghan National Army. <laughs> Everyone hates them because they're assholes. <laughs> uh, we we hate them because they suck at their jobs and they and sometimes they like to shoot at us. And uh, the locals hate them because they're fucking assholes. They rob it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But, so, so when you broke your ankle, did they ship you back home, back up? No, uh, I broke my ankle and I walked all the way down the mountain. And I got in the truck and I was like, there's something wrong with my foot. And our medic is like, here, I'm going to cut your boot off. And then he cut my boot off and he's like, yeah, we got to walk again. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't have a boot anymore. And like it looked like literally like half a softball attached to my ankle, like it had swollen so much. And he's like, "Oh shit, sorry, Scranton. Uh, how are you gonna walk with no boot?" I'm like, "I don't know, Speedy. You cut my boot off." <laughs> so then I had to like literally like hobble like about fifty yards to the first sergeant's truck, and he was like, "Scranton, what happened?" I was like, "I fell down." He goes, "Yep." And so uh, I went back to our fob or our cop or whatever it was at that time. And the uh, we had a um, like a E7 medic and he was like, yeah, your ankle's broken. You got to go to the German hospital up at uh, Mazari Sharif. And then I went to the German hospital. And uh, that was interesting. But they, what, what happened there? Um, so there was also a flight coming in where they thought someone was shot, but no one was shot. And so somehow the medevac code got screwed up. So they thought I was shot and they were all just speaking in German around me. I'm like, dude, just look at my, it, no, I'm, I'm not shot. Just look at my ankle. And they're like all yelling in German. I'm like, well, this is <laughs> good. This is how they, uh, this is how they got France. <laughs> and like one of the nurses, like, I was I was skeeved out enough, and one of the nurses was like, because I took French in high school, and the French is my minor now. I can speak it well enough. So I said something in French, and the nurse spoke enough French to translate to the doctor that spoke enough German to find someone that spoke English. 
And I was like, stop. <laughs> and it was some British, it was just some British doctor that walked in, yeah. like, the old timey family doctor with like the white lab coat and the stethoscope. And he goes, oh boy. And he like looks at Michael and he goes, oh, that's that good. And he's like sitting there patting it. I'm like, I can't stop punching it. <laughs> <laughs> now that I look back on it, it's goddamn hilarious. But at the time, <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> Oh, shit. Uh, so uh, ankles, obviously, broken. I imagine they put you in a cast or something or another at that point. Yeah, yeah. Did they bring you back to the States from there or did they? Uh, no, I went back to where I, uh, I was stationed at and I worked in the TOC, which is the Tactical Operations Center. Uh, basically, I ran radios, stuff like that. Ran the raid cam and the blimp. We... Oh, yeah. Yep. You were a talk bitch. <laughs> yeah, for a whole two and a half months. Yeah, you earned it. <laughs> that point, I earned it. Yeah, and the like the first get a pass was, after fucking Kerr our first sergeant was a uh, sergeant Casillas from Charlie Company. He was the dude that got shot in the head uh, from Charlie mm. Company down at Charlie. Yeah, he, he was our first sergeant on that deployment, so he he didn't care. Did they? Uh, did you finish off your deployment then in the tax? What'd you call? Uh, Kind of, we went back to Camp Marmot, which is about, it's a pretty big base in northern Afghanistan, and that's a pretty peaceful place. Um, so we went back there, um, and then we did, like, property, like, vehicle reclamation, stuff like that. Uh, we, we were, like, working on, people would pull their mat Vs through, pulling all the SI out of them, stuff like that, for the last. Yeah. Make sure nobody's stealing from Sergeant Major's truck. Yep. Oh, shit, we did that. <laughs> Now, we didn't do that. Uh, Gamesworth did it. Gamesworth did that. And we all paid <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. A- allegedly. Had to pull guard on those goddamn trucks. The headsets, that's what he stole. He stole the headset, and then we had to pull guard on it. And I just remember, because Turner and I were on the same shift, and his idea was that we were going to get um, adult-sized Power Ranger suits, the yellow and pink Power Ranger, and we were going to put those, those bitches on, and we were going to fuck with everyone else pulling guard at, like, 3 in the morning. I don't know why we didn't do that. Probably because we were lazy. <laughs> well, <laughs> dude, I remember I bought Pokemon and a Nintendo DS. And when that finally arrived, that was like the happiest day of my life. <laughs> I was sitting there like a little kid playing Pokemon Soul, Soul Silver. <laughs> you could, uh, you guys could actually order your own stuff and have it sent over. You, so you could order it. But we got mail like maybe five times at the cop tops. Well, it got so bad that one time, remember that uh, a Cupcho had... Cupcho had, had called a senator. Right. And they literally, like, so our mail would be sitting at the base, and they had, like, it took six Chinooks to bring us all our mail. Because <laughs> they'd been sitting there for so long. <laughs> because they just, the Chinooks don't want to fly alone, and they didn't want to fly to where we were, even at night. they shot at. <laughs> they're going to get shot at. Listeners that don't know what a Chinook is, it's just a, it's a giant cargo helicopter. Yeah. Lack of better... I can't imagine they're yeah, yeah, yeah. fast moving. It's the big one with the two rotors on top. They they actually are faster than Blackhawks. It just doesn't feel like well, it when you're in there. Speed. Yeah, when they get up to speed, they are uh, they get up to 200 knots. Say yeah. Blackhawks like 160, but Blackhawks much more agile, and I'd rather be in that if they're shooting RPGs at us. <laughs> Were you there when we did the uh, the air assault on Punch Fire or whatever? Yeah, I was there. And we ate the egg McMuffins before. Yeah. So I ate like five egg McMuffins. 
and we're sitting. Remember how we kept circling around? Yep. Waiting for the Apaches. So I'm sitting there getting sicker and sicker. <laughs> and I have the 240 with the big machine gun. I'm like, dude, I'm not going to make it. We touch down, and I can't. Like, I stand up, just Ralph all over the 240. <laughs> Spencer has me, like, by the back of the vest. He's just, like, pulling me out of the chopper. I'm just puking everywhere. Uh. It was, it was <laughs> the crew chief at the back, he's like, someone's got to clean this up. <laughs> like, bro, I'm not getting back on this chopper. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Have fun with it. <laughs> no, like, it was so bad, dude. Like it was like inside the Pictony reels and everything. It was it was bad. I was just puking my guts out. I only puked in a helicopter once. That was going on R and R because it was like sixty. It had to have been at least sixty mile an hour winds, and we shouldn't even have gone. But we had who was who was that major in S three? Uh, major. Major Messer, he was he was one of the ones going on R and R. He's like, no, we're flying today, so we got a civilian helicopter. Yeah, I'll be right back. Yeah, and we hit a we hit a patch of uh, bad air, and as the pilots called it, and plummeted a thousand feet. And uh, no. we came out of that, and the uh, yeah, we almost apparently we almost hit the mountain. I didn't see that. Probably a good thing I didn't see that. But uh, near any helicopter hit that? Yes. What? And after no. the. After that, the uh, the crew I must have been pretty green because the crew member handed me a puke bag, and like five minutes later, I was filling that some bitch up. <laughs> <laughs> well, a thousand foot drop is like that's a significant amount of altitude. Four four seconds of free fall, roughly. I mean, it felt Jesus. like a fucking eternity, but well, then an yeah. abrupt stop to uh, oh fuck, can't yeah, even imagine. Uh, by abrupt drop. stop, it kind of like love like. Leveled out, yeah. Leveled out, and yeah, that's that's what got me. And I'm like, nope, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. I can't do this. <laughs> I have been on thirty some individual airplanes, and only two times I've had an issue. One, I think it might have been the same flight when we were flying back, uh, red eye from Cleveland to Minneapolis, and we hit a thunderstorm on the way. And we lost thousand twelve hundred feet or something like that, and I felt my whole stomach move up into the top of my skull. Actually, yeah. the same flight because the pilot, while landing at Minneapolis, somehow managed to bounce the rear end of the airplane off the tarmac. <laughs> and the pucker factor on that, I took some seat cushion with me off of that. <laughs> and I, Jesus Christ, no, absolutely not. So to do that in a helicopter, not enough money in this world to get me in a helicopter. Oh, fuck no. Yeah, ma- ma- Major Messer turns to me and goes, uh, Private, how many rounds you got for that sod? I'm like, like, fucking 100 we're going on r and r like if we crash into the mountain i'm shooting myself like i'm not getting fucking captured <laughs> were you there reese at roadhouse where they, they had intel they're like a hundred dudes are gonna overrun it tonight yes they're like brocky brock is that way it's 12 miles away to a nearest friendly base they're like if we get overrun just walk that way <laughs> oh this is this just Both clicks like, this just got serious fuck but those fake intel reports, you know, come in all the time. You probably know. Isn't there like, any vetting process for those reports to come down through? A lot of it is um, you have locals that are they can speak Pashto that are American citizens, and they're just listening to the Taliban's radio. Sure. And sometimes they get bored and get on it and talk shit to them. Um, but, like, listening to the radio chatter is absolutely insane. Like... Yeah. Steve, you've had some good stories the about things that. they talk about are insane. Oh yeah, like the time that Damesworth shot that guy in the foot uh, with the fifty yeah. cal, which means he didn't he didn't have a foot anymore. And then they were 
he was talking to somebody else and the guy was like, Oh, how's your foot? And he's like, Oh, go fuck your mother. And I'm like, Oh, you're just like us. <laughs> or, uh, what was the, Oh no, the eclipse. That was the best one. We yeah. had an eclipse and, uh, the tornado were, was the best one too. They were convinced the Americans stole the moon. We're like, we need to get out there and be like, Hey, surrender. And we'll give you your fucking moon. <laughs> right. That's a really had, good like, PR. You know, like be careful. The Americans have brought a werewolf with them today. Because they thought the dog handler turned into the dog. <laughs> I forgot about that. And that dog was a shit dog. Like, it didn't smell bombs. It didn't bite anybody. It just walked around and shit in everyone's room all day. That's yeah, I think that was... Did. I think that was more Liska's fault. Like this he was a great dude, but he was not. He, he was not a good dog handler. And like, if you got near to that dog like too close, he would snap at you too. Yeah. And this thing would get mad if you shoved him away from him and snapping at you. He's like, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I was going off on tangents about dogs, but yeah. Or uh, we if you shoot the white helicopters down, they're full of gold. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, so we pay like private companies. Uh, during the winter, where we were, there's a car alarm going off out back in my place. Sorry. Um, so I know. What are you going to do? Yeah. Someone's probably getting car jacked. <laughs> no, so we paid like private companies to fly us like food and water. And some of those choppers were white. And the Taliban thought if they shot one of those down, they were full of gold. <laughs> 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 like all the thing has it is in like food and water, but they. They really wanted to shoot the white helicopters down. 10,000 pounds of pork. Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Our cook was shit. Our cook accidentally ordered, instead of 100 pounds of pork roast, 10,000 pounds of pork roast. And we didn't have anything to store it, so we literally just, like, left it outside the rot. And you can't even, you can't give it to the locals, because it's fucking pork. Either. Right? <laughs> Jesus. Well, but well I, I, our turp yeah. here, our good turp, like we caught him eating bacon once. He goes, I don't care if it's pork. He goes, I will soon move to America. I will drink alcohol, marry a blonde woman, and eat pork. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what, bud? Go ahead. He was a good dude. We also introduced Sheer to uh, pornographic films. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about it, and he goes, we were telling him, he goes, so you would have this movie called Porn. I'm like, no, dude, it's a bunch of movies. He goes, you mean they have sequels? <laughs> like, he didn't understand the concept. And then, like, Moore took him into, like, the back of the truck and showed me. He goes, I like these movies' porns. <laughs> <laughs> he was the Terp we trusted the best because he was he was straightforward. He was the one that uh, that pissed Nistari off to the point where Nistari was going to fight him, right? No, that was a that was Ollie, the short one that we thought. Ollie, was, yeah. Ollie was the one we thought was talking to the Taliban because Sheer taught said that he could hear his voice on the radios and shit. Yeah. So if you get an incident like that, I mean, how much investigation or do you guys pass that up the pipeline? Prove it somehow, man. I mean, here's the thing: you're alone out there. The closest base was maybe six miles away, but you have to walk the Hindu Kush mountains, which are the Probably besides the Himalayas, you're not getting over those mountains. That six miles might as well have been yeah. a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're not getting there except for a helicopter. Even during winter, the pass is snow, so no one can drive. Um, so, dude, it's just you and the 50 dudes you're there with. Top, Maybe we had 50 dudes at Curve Art when we had everyone there. Sure. Maybe. 
Yeah, f- 50 infantrymen and then a bunch of worthless pogues. <laughs> oh, those artillery dudes got canned, remember? They all moved out. Uh, Remind me what again pogue stands for. It's very important. Personnel other than grunts. Uh, if anyone who's not infantry or something like that. Our, our cook really hated that word. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when we got the good cook, though? When when our shitty cook went on leave? Yeah. The E6? Yeah, he was the shit. <laughs> we remember one day you and I had just got off guard, and we, we, we got breakfast, and we were sitting down, and we hear one shot, and we're trying to eat. We're like, no one. Yeah, knows. I was going to – I was uh, that was the story I was going to tell and he, when he says breakfast, it was a good ass breakfast. Like the eggs weren't like, running. The dude made a French toast. Fucking French toast, eggs. Fruit Loops, and then we hear then we hear the the shot, we're and we're not. like, we're well, "Bro, we're just." There. I think we took our food with us to the guard tower. I was like, I was like, I think, yeah, uh, my maybe it's just A and A shooting that get you know. Because they always do that. Too. They always pop. It up. And then we and then we hear the fifty going off, and we're both like, "Fuck!" And then we you know got to run from the from the chow hall back to the building. Ran through the mortar pit, called them uh, a bunch of choice words, if I remember correctly. <laughs> it was probably a homosexual slur. I would, I more than likely. I would. Guess. Um, that was that was tornado day. No, that was the day I accidentally shot the roof with the Mark 19. That was, which was also, I'm pretty sure that was tornado day, dude. Tornado day was when we got called up for QRF because the two dudes from Delta Company got shot. Yeah, and then the A and A dude got killed and like. The Taliban had him and like cut part of his head off and like tried to scalp him or something like that. Yeah, it was intense. That tornado day was intense because the to- the tornado's touching down and it's not a dust devil. This is like a F two F three tornado. This is a full size tornado tearing through Afghanistan. You want to know something crazy? I have a great mind for dates. Like I, I just for some reason I remember dates really well. It was it was April twenty sixth. Was it two thousand twelve? Yeah. May first is the French Coast Day because that's when Taliban opened fighting season. Because we were both on guard for like eighteen hours straight. Yeah. And then you shot the roof with the Mark nineteen. <laughs> now Mark nineteen is a grenade launcher, right? Yep. Yeah. How that's do you accent, How do you have an AD? Mm-hmm. <laughs> with I also had a staff sergeant who would not be named. Yelling in my ear to pull the trigger. He he was trying to correct malfunctions on it because those Mark 19s were fucking shitty and they'd always jam. And we were on a balcony, so we had the roof right above us. And he has the thing canted up. I was like five feet away. I watched this whole thing. And as he's trying to correct malfunctions, the round that was like stuck in there went off, clipped the top of the roof, and then spun out into fucking Yargle. <laughs> yeah. Yargle was the close village and the people that fucking hated us. <laughs> yeah, because we, we ended fucking Mark 19 rounds into their goddamn village. At one point, Grimes also ended like a fucking uh, law into their village. <laughs> Our first day into that village was probably the closest I've been in a fight, like people to people in a firefight. And they were probably. Oh, you mean when G, when G almost got us killed? Oh, yeah, you were there. Yeah, I was there. We're yelling, give us the 3Ds. And Dainsworth about got his face taken off. He was in the fetal position, in a, uh, a foot away from his weapon. That's when he put me. Remember, he put me facing north, and we had that hill in Jazzy, which I knew they were going to shoot at us from, like 300 meters away, which is where they shot at us from. And I had no cover there. And he's like, "Oh, uh, pull security on the Russian hills north of us." And I'm like, 
Sarn, I'm exposed here. I, I have no cover to the east. He's like, that doesn't matter, Private. You're pulling security north. And I'm yeah. like, and we got shot at understand from the north. How that works. But then they were moving out of that wadi that ran right out of our cop and like moving up. Yeah. And like, yeah. we we might have got fucked. We we were pretty close to getting fucked. I had to get up and move like as soon as the shooting started because yeah. I knew they were shooting us from the east and I'm just sitting there like an asshole. I got up and ran over by Francis and turned around and like the spot I was sitting took took a, a burst of uh, fucking peak campfire like right after I moved. Yeah. I was so fucking mad. A fat bastard almost they were, got me. They were within grenade range. Yeah. Yeah. They were within like 10 meters. Because I was an interesting Eric day. Pulled up and he grabbed me and we turned left. And like you could see the dudes like just standing, like walking up on us. And we just started. He had the M14, the shitty one. And I just put the M4 on burst, dude. And I was just spraying. And Danesworth turned around and was just spraying the 240. Or oh, it's better oh, nice. than us. It's better than Sergeant G going, I shot him, someone go find his body. <laughs> you remember that? The, the two-hour search for the dude he didn't shoot? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody considered it a loss when he'd be like, oh, I don't think I'm going to go so on patrol today. when he got today. fired, I swear to God, I was happy. <laughs> best day of my life. Because you're like, well. Sergeant Keller and Sergeant Astoria are in charge. I'm like, best Fuck day. yes. <laughs> we can deal with this. No, and Lieutenant Decker Berry. wasn't bad. He was, he was a good LT. Lieutenant Decker was good because he just kind of let Son Keller and Son Nestari run everything. That's the, the mark of a good lieutenant is to uh, yeah. keep your fucking mouth shut for the first 30 days and just let that your your senior non-commissioned officers do yeah. what they do. Well, imagine that. He, that. he came in in what, like March when the snow started to melt, so maybe mid-April. Yeah, oh, when we uh. got... Uh, were you, were you there for Mud Day <laughs> when we were no, going for Bahadur? You I were. That. Yeah. That was uh, when we were crossing from, from Bahadur to, to Shamsheri across that open field. Yep. Nope. And Wait, no. I think I was. Was that the and, day I almost died because I dumped all my water? <laughs> and 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 G was, was sucking when we got into Bahadur, so we had to wait. Oh, no. G and, was gone by then. Yeah, so that – no, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. This this was a different day, but he was sucking, so we had to wait. And naturally, they they you know maneuvered on us, and I was the last one into that field. And we started getting shot at. We had to bound through ankle deep fucking mud up these the, those terraces, like 400 meters. That sucks so fucking bad. Yeah. All because he needed a break. Oh, remember when we got fat. the new company commander, and he went on one mission with us and puked and never went again. Yeah, I was three feet away from him. Because Duval came up to me and he was gonna go with our team, and he he turns to me and Mock, who are like probably the two two most fit dudes in the platoon. No offense. And he's yeah. like, you, "You mind if we break him off today?" And we're both like, "Go for it." And so we yeah, so we broke off the CO. We got to where we were going. The CO promptly puked everywhere. His lapdog was like, "Oh, sir, are you okay? Are you okay?" It's funny. I think as we're hijacking your buddy's podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's all mm-hmm. good. Speaking of speaking of Taguba. <laughs> I ran into him at NTC. Like two years later, he had no fucking idea who I was. I'm like, yeah, because you were Captain a shitty officer. Bravo, who was Bravo's company commander. He was a little yeah. scary. Yeah. He's now a lieutenant colonel and is in charge of the Army's desert warfare. <laughs> good for him. He was a good dude. Talking about good no, – go ahead, but I don't want to interrupt you anymore. No, I, I said he was, a, he, he, was, he was a good dude. Yeah. It's so a good job Doc for Lombard's him. Lombard's in E7 now too. Doc Lombard was probably the best medic I ever had, honestly. 
he uh he he would get so involved in firefights that Nestoria used to have to throw him down and be like, if you get shot, who the fuck's gonna fix you? <laughs> like he was uh you you was, witnessed when Dick called the eight ten in on our position and they all thought yeah, he was dead. That was the, the joke. We we were we actually making fun of you. The joke was uh that you were looking up as the A ten came in, you're like, they're coming right at us. Yeah. But no shit, I I would have shit my pants if that A ten came yeah. in on me. So did they hit from maybe thirty meters away and set the whole clot. A clot is an Afghan compound. Um, the houses have mud walls around them, stop mm-hmm. bullets and stuff. Um, and it lit the clot on fire because it was shooting depleted uranium rounds. And so the other A ten just sees people shooting with a machine gun and corrected on us. And for some reason, Dick couldn't talk to the A ten. His radio and uh, Jesus' radio had dropped crypto which means they couldn't talk. And so, like, the story literally just stood up with a VS-17 panel and was, like, yelling white glove, which means go away, air power. Those, those are the, uh, like, the bright pink and orange panels they use for marking. He had to wave those to be like, stop fucking shooting at us, because I'm sure the, the two of you have seen videos of, of A-10s. It's, yeah, uh, get, you don't want that shooting It's a you. miracle the first one missed. Yeah. That's crazy. I remember that. That was the same day that, uh, it's the same day. I don't know if I should accidentally uh, put a round right over y'all heads with the Gustav. <laughs> that and um, that was the day that, that artillery. Um, Spencer Fire called in artil- artillery, and it landed. Uh, they, they, thank God, they fired a fucking smoke round first because it landed like 50 meters away from us. And I just hear him call. He's like, "Hey, adjust 800 meters, you fucking assholes!" <laughs> well, <laughs> seriously, it was our artillery we had sucked. But they so accidentally bad. killed Rashid, who's the number two dude in IO, because they missed by like a kilometer. Yep. Wow. <laughs> he was getting out of his house to get his fighters ready to go fight us, and artillery was missing where they were supposed to shoot, but put three rounds in his house and killed him and all his fighters by accident and missed. That's a win. I mean, that's, that's yeah. God just like grabbing the round and is like, nope, this round is coming. You gotta, that's you insane. You got to take him where you can get him, man. <laughs> How do you, you miss by a fucking understand. kilometer for one, and then for it to <laughs> yeah. hit somebody like that? That's wow. Our artillery was bad. They got they weren't allowed to shoot because so over the mountains there's another base called Chark, and they were registering their guns, which is how they zero them with smoke rounds, and they missed and put a smoke round in that cop. They, <laughs> they, they shot so over the mountain. mountain. <laughs> yep. And so they weren't allowed to shoot. And they had, remember, that was a good two months because they only pulled guard duty and we didn't have to pull yep. guard. That was nice. That was nice not having to pull guard. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the was it? The, the E7 lost his fingers too from frostbite. Oh. Uh, I forget his name. The the guy from the other platoon, the E7, uh, Long Christensen. So I'm yeah. Christensen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he lost like, he went back and they cut like the tips of like three of his fingers off from frostbite. He's like, all right, I'm going to go back. <laughs> He's a good dude. He was a good dude. That's all I got. I want to back it up. The tornado day. Were you guys in a gunfight and a tornado touchdown? Yes. We were in a gunfight. We went to relieve the other platoon that was in a gunfight first. And then we all got in a pretty big gunfight. And there, there's literally there. There are pictures of this. Um, oh, I have a picture right now. I there was a there was a tornado touching down. Um, about what? Maybe two clicks north of us. It was not that far away. It's uh, no, because the wind was even still like pulling the smaller trees like out 
of the earth. Yeah, that's why the the Afghan guy ended up dying because we couldn't get a medevac to yeah. come in and pick him up the, because the, there was a fucking tornado. Yeah, yeah. Apaches showed up over the mountain, saw the tornado, and they're like, "Nope, we're done." We we had eight tens because they can fly above it. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was it. So a click is a kilometer, right? A click Correct. is a kilometer. It and takes so about what, two oh, point three point something cl- clicks in a mile. No, uh, there's a little one point two, two, two one point three, two. one point six seven, one point six seven. Yeah, okay. Okay. About a kilometer mm-hmm. and a half to a mile. Just for listeners, I like I can usually typically do the math in my head, but yeah, no, that's good. Well, it's too close for my comfort. Yeah, like it, like I said, it was ripping like younger trees out of the earth. At some point, intense. like did did you guys or did the Af- the the Taliban decide that they were going to disengage and? get the hell out of dodge or just keep going usually they break before they break contact before we do because they they can't take us in a straight-up gunfight right it, it's like yeah. the minute man the uh the Viet Cong they have to use the element of surprise and jump up because that's their backyard they know every deer path every creek everything so they're just gonna pop up and take pop shots and try to kill someone and run away so after you know, how long were your second deployment? You know, we've. How long were you over there for that second deployment? And when did they? When nine did, months. Nine months. Yep. And so I came back, and then uh. Um, I PCS to Fort Riley, so I moved bases, and I got to Fort Riley, and they're like, "Hey, have fun. We're going to Kuwait in five months." <laughs> you know? Where's Where's Fort Riley? Uh, Eastern Kansas. Okay. It, it's near Manhattan, Kansas, near where Kansas State University is, kind of by Topeka. Yeah. So I know you Steve, have, you went to Kuwait, and you said it doesn't count as a deployment. Joe, would you? I would agree. But Kuwait, I think, was the shittiest deployment I went on, just because. Yes. Just because they made it dumb. They made they made it stupid, and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming yours was just as stupid as mine. But it was like constant training and shit. They acted like you were you were in garrison still. Yep, but you can't go home to your family at night, and it's fucking 140 degrees. And yeah, I'd, I'd much rather go back to Afghanistan than Kuwait. It was like the world's shittiest vacation. Yeah. I, I would much rather do our first deployment than uh, Kuwait again. Agreed. <laughs> Why are we in Kuwait then? Why do we have a base? Uh, we have base oil. Wait, basically because uh, the Gulf War started because Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait. Okay. Um, so we had to push Saddam off the oil. It's in Kuwait, and we had to protect the Saudis. Um, There's still oil, which is why we're still there. We got to do training with the Jordanians, though, we, my last two months, uh, and we got to do training with the Israelis. And the Israelis are the best military I've ever seen in my life. Like the, yeah. the Czechs, the Germans, us, nothing even comes close to the Israelis. I didn't, I didn't get to do shit over there because um, I was a squad leader at that point, and they were yeah. trying to get me to reenlist. And feel like they were holding, I'd been a squad leader for almost a year at this point, like, and I should have had my staff sergeant, but they were holding it over my head to get me to reenlist. And yeah. eventually once I was like, no, fuck you, I'm getting out within a week. They were like, all right, we got this other staff sergeant coming in. He's going to take your squad. Your um, yeah. You sit around and focus on getting out, I guess. And it was the most yeah. boring shit in the world. I, you were <laughs> mech at Carson, weren't you? Fuck Bradley's dude. I'd rather yeah. be light. So I was a section leader and then. Uh, I caught an Article 15 for hazing. That's the disorderly conduct of the military, if anyone's uh, 
isn't familiar with that, it's basically the blanket, like, we don't have a specific thing to get you with, so you're getting a fucking Article 15. <laughs> uh, I ate a summarize, though, dude, so I didn't lose pay or rank, and I did. Nice. Seven days of, I, I did seven days of extra duty, because uh, I was hazing, apparently. Poor <laughs> mm, privates. We're, we're, we're in, we, a few dude, years ago... I wasn't even hazing with that dad, we... A yeah. brand new private called me bro, so I made him pull his IRTV on and run around. Dude, I, I don't know how I never got slapped with this shit. I once had two new privates come back from the range, and like the machine gun range, and one was fucking filthy. But he shot like, like 60, 61 out of 75 or 80, whatever it was. He shot good for being brand new, and I was like, good shit. And the other dude was like clean because he didn't want to lay in the puddles and he shot like 19 and i'm like oh so since you want to avoid the puddles and shoot like shit you're gonna go outside and roll around in the fucking dirt for a while yeah, like, yeah. I, <laughs> dude the only ever got nailed for that is because like one of the e7s that worked in like the battalion hq uh battalion headquarters um saw me smoking this dude and reported it to uh, commander Remember when Despa did that with uh, Hair and Noise and Uncle Mo saw it? No, no, it was, what was that shitbag's name? He got kicked out. Ski? Ski. He got yeah. kicked out for doing coke after he came back from being AWOL. That sounds about right. Yeah. So after Kuwait, did you come home and was that your last deployment? After then? Kuwait, I got back from Kuwait in May, June. I was home for my birthday that year, so. Um, like back in Peoria, I took my leave, um, and then kind of just focused on getting out and doing everything. We can tell you getting out of the army is a process <laughs> and you're going to pay a, a lot of process. money to get out of the army. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tacked, uh, I tacked $17 out of, out of that yeah. <laughs> to steal my whoopee. My CIF charge at the end. Well, uh, I'll eat that. That's the hearing about That's these whoopies across different podcasts, and I want to fucking see one. A whoopie? I have one. I stole. I stole mine. I I stole mine and paid the seventeen dollars for it because you know I could probably get it cheaper at a uh, surplus store, but then it wouldn't be mine. You right. know? <laughs> no, uh, that, that whoopie and I've been through some shit together. There you go. Here's my whoopie. It's just <laughs> yeah, blanket or so it's a poncho liner. Basically, even if it's soaking wet, it'll still keep you warm. Huh. And it's it's super light. It packs down nice. It's yeah. just like, it's like your you best friend. It's into like maybe a softball, baseball size thing. Huh. No shit. Yep. So coming home, what was it like? Did your friends or family give you a reception or anything like that? Um. Yeah. When I moved home. Um, when I got out of the military, finally, uh, after, you know, six, six and a half years of service, um, I moved back home with my mom and my dad. I was like, dude, I'm going to be an EMT and a paramedic. Uh, then I learned EMTs and paramedics don't get paid that well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I was like, I'm going to go to, but no, like, I, I think I got home from Fort Raleigh at like one in the morning because I had to, I had to sign out at midnight. So it must have been later than that. I think my dad was like just waking up <laughs> um, to go to work and stuff. And um, no, the, 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 I, I've never wanted like that big of a thing though. Like I've never wanted people with signs at the airport or, you know what I mean? Anything like that. That's just not how I am, man. Um, 
I mean, did you, was it difficult transi- transitioning back into a civilian life? I mean, what was it? It your- was uh, for a little bit. I drank a lot. Uh, like I'd go to the bar. I drank a lot when I was still living with my parents, honestly. Um, probably a little too much to be honest. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I adjusted. It took about six months and now I'm fine. Um, you know. Did you have that, that um, uh, moment of enlightenment, if you will, then where you kind of realize, hey, I should It's not a moment of enlightenment. It's just like, I don't know how to describe it, man. It's like, I was like, here's my next thing. I'm going to Western Illinois and I'm going to nursing school. I got to move, get everything squared up. You know. Yeah. So, since you've used the GI, you know you're in school now, or yeah, we're in school, Western Illinois. Yep. So, how's it going so far? I mean, being six and a half years in the military, come back and there's a bunch of eighteen, nineteen year olds and in, in classes. So I, I I ran into luck. Uh, there's a very active veterans club here on this campus. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm currently the president. It's the oldest operating veterans club at a public university in the uh, the country. Uh, we've been operating since 1918. Um, nice, man. Good for you. And, and so I, I you know, I kind of walked into that and I walked into it not by, you know, it just kind of happened. There's a pool in my apartment and uh, a couple guys that I would hang out with at the pool were members of the club, joined with them. Um, so most of the guys there were older. Um, but you know, in class, sometimes it's people are dumb. Um, and usually I've just learned to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never learned that. And, uh, the, the only time I've had a problem was um, in my French class, I was doing an independent study and I got pushed into a different class. I had a teacher that didn't like me. Uh, my sister's a French teacher. Um, and she would like look over my papers. And there's another girl that lives in my apartment complex. And we would turn in the exact same assignment and get different grades and the teacher would be like in class she'd be like oh no the colonizer can't talk anymore that's just racist Tommy wait the French teacher was calling you a colonizer yeah yeah that's that's a little uh, uh I feel like but, the irony's you know, lost on that one she was a lot of people in West Africa like we gone's native gone. oh okay um and so a lot of people in West Africa speak French, and she was from Senegal, I believe. And so she was black, and uh, she okay. did not. She was not a fan of Joe. There's but, a. So, um, I, she from that France. was the issue I've ever had the whole time in university. Uh, and I emailed the uh, the 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 department chair for foreign languages, and she said, "Yes, we've had problems with this teacher before. How about we let you do this instead?" And you know, and so now. I've, finishing up a study about the French resistance in World War II sure. to complete my minor. So, yeah. Nice. Obviously, Steve was kind enough to start pulling his own weight around here and get some guests on the show. So, you you choose Captain in touch. Uh, is anyone else that you still keep in touch with that you served with? Oh, yeah. Um, about once a year, me and uh, three or four friends uh, get together, have a reunion. Um, I was telling Steve before the show, me and my buddy Spencer see each other, you know, two or three times a year. Usually, um, I'll go up there, or he'll come down here to watch football games or something like that. Well, for and then anyone that is you know younger that's 
listening to the podcast and they're looking at going into the military, is there any advice that you would offer up for them? I would encourage any able-bodied American that can to join the military. It doesn't matter what you do, just get that experience and get those benefits behind you. Because the military really is a life-changing thing. And you can always go to college, man. I'll be 30 next month and I'm graduating, you know, next week. Um, just do it is what I would say. It's, it's a great thing. The military is an amazing thing. Joe or Steve, do you guys have any closing thoughts? Oh man, we covered it pretty well. Any questions? Uh, Um, good. Well, Joe, thanks again for coming to the studio since we can't do that, but thanks for <laughs> yeah. time to jump on the Zoom meeting with us, and thank you for everyone that has tuned into this episode. If you'd like to stay up to date for future guests and recording dates, uh, check the No Story Left Behind out on Facebook and Instagram. You don't forget to follow my other show called Rules of the Arena. You can find that on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, also YouTube and Twitch, all under Rules of the Arena Podcast. It's available for down. Both shows are available for download and streaming on BlindNinjaStudios.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Castbox. If you're a veteran and you're in a bad spot, please reach out and talk with a battle buddy, friend, or even family. Or perhaps you know someone and you are concerned about them. Please reach out. You can call one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five or text eight three eight two five five and speak with a caring, qualified VA responder available twenty four seven. Thanks again, folks, and we will catch you next time.